Everybody is, consciously or unconsciously, looking for a meaning in their life and trying to set a goal to their existence. But in order to know what that goal is, they must first find out what they are and what they can achieve. According to Ustad Elahi, human beings are capable of transmuting their substance to the point of making all human qualities radiate within them, and so becoming true human beings. The goal is actually to attain what Ustad Elahi calls perfection, a state of wholeness and ineffable happiness. On a practical level, perfecting ourselves spiritually entails fighting against the impulses that make us impinge on rights in general. We must therefore come to know and respect the rights of all things. Respecting the rights of any being amounts to fulfilling one's duty towards that being. So it could be said that perfecting oneself is nothing but striving to fulfill one's duty as a human being. And what are these duties that enable human beings to perfect themselves? Ustad Elahi divides these duties into three categories. Our duties towards ourselves. Our duties towards the Creator. Our duties towards the others. In daily life, it often happens that we have to give priority to one duty over another. Finding balance is a difficult task that requires experience. This time, we'll examine each of these categories of duties and the modalities of fulfilling them. Let us begin with the duties towards ourselves. Ustad Elahi subdivides this category between the duties towards the body and the duties towards the soul. It is important to note that the distinction made here between the body and the soul does not imply favoring the soul over the body, as ascetics used to do. Quite the contrary, neglecting the body and its legitimate demands as a pretext for attending to the soul is a mistake, for in doing so, you dismiss the fact that the body, like the soul, has its own legitimate rights that must be respected. Our duties towards our body require that we maintain it in good physical and mental health by providing for its physiological needs, its hygiene, its well-being as well as education, and its pleasure and entertainments provided, of course, that these are legitimate and do not become an end in themselves. It should be noted that the body is not limited to its biological dimension, but has a psychological dimension as well. As for duties towards our soul, we can say by analogy with the body that they consist in taking care of its hygiene, its health, and its education. According to Ustad Elahi, the nutrients that suit the soul are genuinely divine ethical principles. Therefore, it is by getting to know these principles and particularly by putting them into practice 
that we will assimilate them and develop ourselves spiritually. Let us now move on to our duties towards the Creator. The Creator, whom we can define as the bountiful and all-powerful intelligent source of all things, has clearly no need of us at all. Given this fact, how can we then speak of our duties towards Him? The fact is that we ourselves are the ones that benefit from the fulfillment of our duties towards the Creator. The performance of our duties, such as praying or being attentive to the source, to name just two, enable us to capture the divine energy necessary for the development of the soul, just as the absorbing of light from the rays of the sun enables the plant to grow and flourish. In concrete terms, our duties towards the Creator consist in practices such as cultivating within ourselves the sense of His presence, that is, conceiving Him as a bountiful entity by our side, listening to us and helping us, taking into account His principles and making sincere efforts to put them into practice, expressing our gratitude by recognizing His bounty and trying as much as we can to make others benefit from it. We now come to our duties towards others. Human beings have the duty to respect the rights of others. The term others is used here in its broadest sense, as it applies to all beings, human or otherwise. According to Ustad Elahi, we owe respect not only to our fellow beings, but in a more general way to all beings, which means respecting every living thing as well as the environment. We are not going to examine in detail all these duties, which are extremely varied and intricate, everything ranging from respect for the rules of politeness to respect for our commitments, to respect for human dignity and for nature. It is useful, however, to recall the biblically inspired rule that aptly summarizes these duties. Within the bounds of what is legitimate, to wish unto others the good we wish to ourselves, and to act towards others as we would like them to act towards us. And yet, in daily life, how can we know how to give priority to one duty over another? There's no magical formula. At this stage, two comments should be made. First, among all these duties, the duty towards our soul is paramount, since all other duties contribute to its fulfillment. As it has been already mentioned, the Creator has no need for our prayers. It is our soul that is in need of it. Likewise, when I attend to my body, I am in fact taking care of what adds up to amount for my soul in this world. When I do someone a service, first and foremost, it benefits my soul, since my action will help me overcome my selfishness. Thus fulfilling our duties towards the body, the Creator and the others, 
should be taken as a means of accomplishing our duties towards the soul. As to how to implement these duties, it must be stressed that no matter what duty we are trying to fulfill, we should pay special attention to our duties towards the others, our body included. The body can indeed be considered as another being entrusted to us for a limited time to enable us to interact with life's terrestrial dimension. At this junction, it should be pointed out that in fulfilling our duties towards the Creator, by, for instance, practicing a ritual, we must make sure that it does no damage to our body, nor cause any discomfort or to be a burden to those around us. The special attention we owe others is accounted for by the fact that the damage that might be caused to the soul by transgressing the rights of the others outweighs the harm caused to the soul as a result of neglecting the performance of a ritual. Why so? Because even though the God we believe in is a just one, he would, out of compassion, forgive an infringement on his own rights but he will not forgive those who infringe on the rights of the others. If he did, it would be as if a judge from whom we expected redress for a wrong would take it upon himself to forgive the offender. That would be an injustice on his part, and in contradiction with the idea of justice we have of him. In conclusion, we shall keep in mind that it is in the fulfilling of our duties that we can bring round our soul to perfection, a state of wholeness and absolute happiness, and to attain that goal, the most important thing is to accomplish the duties we have towards the others. Even so, in the performance of our duties, context must always be taken into account, what is right for a person at a specific stage of development may not necessarily be so for another at a subsequent stage. We can, for instance, at the outset, ask God for just about anything, even the resolution of our material problems. But as we progress, we realize that it is preferable to ask only for His satisfaction. So, Spiritual practice is a process that requires constant questioning and repeated adjustments, revealing unexpected subtleties and an essential attractiveness. Thus, it's through trial and error that we acquire the capacity for finding the right balance between our various duties. <laughs>